This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. It's taking the value out of why you want to watch them and turning it into something that you can just turn on. And Willis. The industry is not moving forward in a straight line. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. It is finally Megapixels week, folks. Yes. We know we've been we've been teasing you a bit the last couple of weeks, but we are finally doing it this week. Uh, we've been it's saying been a it audibly yeah. on the pod for a few weeks, and we've been thinking it off pod for a couple months now, I feel like. Yes, definitely. But you know what? There's been a lot of stuff going on in the industry, so we had to cover that. Yes. We're doing our du- we're doing our duties. Um, yes. But we're back, and this week we are breaking down the top five things that you should know about the movie and TV industry in the year 2023. And we're not going to go over those right here. We'll go through them after we get through the intro here. Um, But really, the way we were thinking about this is this is kind of a primer episode for anyone who doesn't listen to us every week. (laughs) This is going to be an episode where we in relatively layman terms, break down some of the more complex issues that are kind of plaguing the industry right now. Yes. Um, We're going to try and keep it simple. We're going to try and boil things down to their most basic uh, understandings. Um, Yes. Because I I recognize that we tend to get a little uh, convoluted at times with things we talk about on this podcast. A little bit. Um, So, yeah, we're just going to try and be like, if someone was like, what five things do I need to know about the movie industry in 2023? Yes. There you go. Um, yes. Shout out Jim Kane, Tyler Murray, and uh, Laura Stickles, who I got this idea from at the Woo Sox because uh, they were doing it with baseball. And I was like, that's a good idea. Fantastic for, idea. Uh, for movies. Yes. Because uh, nothing is more complex than the ever-changing movie industry. It's true. Uh, and these top five are not going to be in any order necessarily. Like it's not a five through one. This is the yeah. most important. They're all important. We're just going to talk about them. Um, and yeah, before we dive into this episode, let me go over the weekly releases because we do have some stuff coming out this week. Uh, in theaters, we have the Haunted Mansion remake coming out on the 28th. I The cast is really good. I started you know. a, a letterboxed list called... We tried this once and it failed. Let's do it again, yeah. uh, which I think is what this movie is. Yeah, and I don't know anyone who's like talking about the haunted mansion that they need another one. Yep. It seems like it's weird that it comes out in the summer, but whatever. It's here. Love the Keith Stanfield. So yeah, I guess. Uh, and the other movie which I am very, very, very excited about is the long-awaited for me horror film. Uh, Talk to me which is directed by uh, the Raka Raka duo from YouTube and has been making waves all over the place, making a lot of people's top 10 lists of the year and people calling it the scariest movie in decades, which I think is an overstatement probably, but I will tell you all next week when I see it. Um, But that is what's coming to theaters for shows. We have Futurama coming back for season 11 on the 24th on Hulu. Coming out on Mondays. Yes. Uh, we got The Witcher Volume 2, which I guess is season three. That's confusing, uh, which is coming to Netflix yeah. on the 27th. I this don't know the volume. This will be the, the final Henry Cavill one. Uh, yes. 
but I think they did like a, I don't know, The Witcher's been weird. They did like a sub season or something that wasn't like involving him. Yeah, and yeah, I think the there's Witcher. an animated version. Like it's overly Netflix complex. is milking this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're milking this thing. Um, we finally have Twisted Metal hitting Peacock on the 27th. I thought this was a movie, but apparently it's not, or I read that incorrectly. Either way, it's hitting Peacock. Um, then we have Heels Season 2 on Stars on the 28th and This Fool Season 2 on Hulu on the 28th. And I just want to say, I missed this last week. I don't know how, but They Clone Tyrone is on Netflix right yeah. now. The Jamie Foxx, John Boyega film. I don't know how I missed that because it was a big one. Um, yeah. But that is currently streaming on Netflix for movies. So, uh, so yeah, theaters are st- stacked this July, guys. So go see yes. stuff in a movie theater if you can. It's worth yeah. it. And uh, without further ado, let's talk about the top five things that you need to know about the movie industry in 2023. Was it weird that I'm surprised that the Haunted Mansion got like theaters? <laughs> no. That I'm like, what are you bumping showings of theater of Barbie so you can? Yeah, so you can watch, fit the so Haunted you can Mansion in. <laughs> schedule the Haunted Mansion. And I'm, again, it's another movie. I'm like, who's this for? I don't, kids, maybe. Kids, maybe. I don't know. But kids like scary. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a Disney ride, so. I know. Regardless. Anyway. So here we go. Like we said at the top, we're going to give you top the top five things in our opinion that you should know if you know nothing about the film industry and what's going on currently in 2023 because there's a lot of stuff and changes that have been happening over the last couple of years. And it seems to all be coming to a head like now, yes. <laughs> which is interesting. Um, so we got to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So let's start with number five and as you said these are in no particular order but uh yes number five yes which we are calling superhero slash ip fatigue yes which is real and we've talked about it a couple times on the a couple times is an understatement we talk about it all the time on the podcast being two superhero movie fans ourselves (laughs) yeah so coming into this kind of episode or into the uh 2020 generation of film uh Mm -hmm. i think it's safe to say that most people would understand that like there is a shit ton of superhero content and there has been for about a decade and a half at this point yeah i mean you could even say two decades if you come all the way back to like the original spider-man the original x-men yeah you know you go back further and get into the blades you know and uh yeah but like, let's not do that. Let's keep it let's, simple. We'll yes. say, we'll say, uh, 2008 for argument's sake is when it really started taking off. That's when you got Iron Man. That's when you got the Dark Knight. Yep. Um, and that's when everyone kind of went, oh, superhero movies can be legit. These are viable. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so cut to probably 2019. 15 years later. Yeah. yeah. 2019. Sure. Tw- or uh, 2020. Yeah. And we're getting a little tired yeah (laughs) they spend a decade and a half being massive billion every single one of them breaking the billion dollar mark yep and now we're getting to a point where they're less dependable i think is what we'd say yeah um i think for a long time studios were very much like any and every superhero is gonna do a billion dollars let's green light Anything that has to do with a character getting abilities and fighting crime. Yes. But now, 
I think the big thing going on in the industry right now is that we're like, no, that doesn't really work anymore. We've seen a lot of it. Yeah. And something else that happened right around this time was the pandemic and all the streamers coming around and Disney Plus going, well, if we can't put stuff into theaters, let's put it on Disney Plus, which meant all of... Not all of, but half of Phase Four of Marvel, which is their of the MC, which is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, happened to go straight to Disney Plus with TV shows. Yes, and at that point in time, there was between five and eight, maybe more superhero movies a year coming yeah. from different studios, whether it be Disney or Warner Brothers, and or then Fox. fold that yeah. or Fox, yeah, and then fold or Sony, and then fold that in to. Uh, HBO Max and Disney Plus releasing new mm-hmm. shows constantly, like in between the movies, where you have you know the Wandavisions of the world coming out in between like Shang Chi and Eternals, and it's like yeah, there was no they we were not given a break for even a moment, and yes. that's what they thought we wanted. Question. Well, mark? and that was a thing. <laughs> Disney Plus had a new release of something every single week for I think it was 2021. Yeah. Into 2022. Into 2022, where it was like we either had an episode of Marvel TV, a Marvel movie, or a Marvel making of movie. Um, Or Star Wars, I think. That was another. Well, no, I I mean, they. they, Star Wars, too. I mean, Star Wars, you can talk about, is probably also responsible for some of the fatigue Mm. here in terms of just general IP. Um, Right. But But Marvel, yeah. But Marvel, you know, had something every week. And you fold that into the other stuff that's coming in. Like there was a lot of it is what we're getting down to. There was a lot of it. And it a became hard to keep track of what was going on. Yeah. Um, I think homework is a big thing that we talk about a lot of, you know, you, you have this interconnected universe that things are happening in. And if you don't follow every little bit, you run the risk that you're going to watch something down the line and have no idea who some of the characters are. Right. Which became a real risk. Yeah. Well, just recently, like this year, if you hadn't seen all of Loki season one, you don't get Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Or or last year, if you hadn't seen one episode of What If, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is like, what's happening here? It's like, that's how specific and in-depth they required you to go on these like not yeah. just a like if you didn't watch uh loki and you went to quantumania you're probably like wait who is, who this, is guy? this guy yeah <laughs> what's going on so that became like a big thing and the other thing that's worth noting is overall the quality started going down yes you know i think people talk about superhero fatigue and it's not just that there's so much of it because there is a lot of it but if it's some of it's good <laughs> beneficial if it's beneficial if it's yeah if it's good if it's rewarding to watch i have no problem watch like i watched every single episode of wandavision i loved wandavision yeah you know what i mean i watched every single single episode of hawkeye and like was getting to the end and i was like i'm having a hard time following through with this yeah and then even into this year, we get things like Miss Marvel and uh, 
Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. And it's like, I'm watching them, but I'm not really engaged. You know, I'm no. watching them because I feel like I have to keep up with the homework. So overall, the superhero stuff is a lot. And it's not very good. Yeah. Unreliable. Yeah. That is, of course, subjective. I'm sure there are people that are like super down for everything. Um, sure. But overall, I mean, like the the reaction from audiences to superheroes and to a degree IP is falling. I mean, look at Flash. You look at Flash. Yeah, mate. It's going to make like less than Under $300, million 300 million total. Um, it's unheard of. <laughs> which is unheard of. It's worse than the worst. Yeah. Um, that's worse than Green Lantern. The worse than bomb Ryan Reynolds movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's like a say. top tier thing that would uh, five years ago would have made a billion dollars. Easily. We thought last year going out of last year, we're like, well, Flash will still make a billion dollars. Like there's no way yeah. it doesn't. Not even close. Didn't even Not. make its budget. And there's, you know, there's there's a lot more going on with Flash. But you look sure. at anything that's coming out this year you know yeah. the marvels is coming out and we've seen almost nothing for it yeah um you know the 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 fanfare around this is decreasing yeah so i think that's our big are there other things to talk about in terms of superhero fatigue do we want is there ip fatigue going on here as well well ip meaning intellectual property dear yeah listener. i mean the only thing with ip fatigue that i would say and i don't even know that i would call it fatigue i mean from my perspective it is but it's the disney vehicle it's the machine mm -hmm. of let's remake little mermaid let's remake lion king let's get barry jenkins on a mufasa prequel like that's the type of thing that i'm like i'm tired of but the little mermaids made 600 million dollars so far so i'm like yeah i don't know that that is like I roll my eyes, but I guess people don't care, you know. And well, Mario too, like made a billion dollars. So like, yeah, I don't know that I can say that. I think the thing when it comes to IP stuff is there is still a market for it. I mean, Hollywood will make sequels to everything and anything and adapt any property it has rights to. Yeah, forever. Yes. There is more Harry Potter coming for us, you know. Yeah, uh, like that will always be a thing. I. The hype is what's really dying down. Yes. You know, like people are not, you know, asterisks, but people are not freezing every single frame of a trailer trying to see if there's something in the background that's going to change the whole MCU, you know? Right. Um, I think, I, I, I feel like the Marvels, which is coming in September, October. So, yeah, it's soon. Uh, is is kind of a good use case of what we're looking at in terms of superhero stuff moving forward. Yeah. In that, like, it looks fun. Yeah. You know, it looks like it could be kind of like, it looks like it could be a fun movie. I am not losing my mind. I am not trying to buy tickets for it, you know, three months in advance. I, like, like I said, I don't really know what the release date is. Yeah. But it's going to it's going to be a movie that comes mm -hmm. and I'm going to watch it. You know, I'll probably watch it when it comes on Disney Plus. But like, Same. I'm not going to get hyped about it. Mm -mm. But it's still a movie that can exist. For you know sure. what I mean? It's just we're not going to hit end game levels of anything, I think, ever again. Right. Which and that's really where the fatigue is. Exactly. Which will also build into the Hollywood side of things where they won't be able to spend 350 million dollars on a movie if it doesn't make yeah. 350 million dollars and like 
you know, Craven is coming. Like, there's a bunch of these small time movies Blue that Beetle. are like Blue yeah. Beetle that are like, I don't really know if the if the appetite is there for movies like this um, right yeah. now, which is, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's like I I will always love me a good superhero movie, but like I don't want to keep track of everything anymore. No, it's exhausting. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's what we're saying is. Yeah. I think that's a general kind of consensus is that like we will never reach end game levels of stuff again. There will be movies that get more hype, mm-hmm. but like there are and always have been movies that get more hype. Yeah. We're talking about Barbie and Oppenheimer, you right. know, this past weekend, like huge hype, not a superhero thing, but like, like we can still get those highs and lows. It's just rebalancing the, the superhero level. Exactly. Point. Exactly. Which I think takes us into our next point, which really is. Well, I want to do one oh, thing yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Let's uh, boil everything we just said okay. down to like Couple. one line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we can. I'm going to say, and you, we can do different ones okay. and see if we're, if we're <laughs> say, talking about the same conversation here or if we're just like, yeah. you know, <laughs> pinging off data points and making entirely different points. But yeah. uh, I will say. The homework for superhero movies is too big for too little of a reward. So I'm not that interested in that genre anymore. I mean, that pretty much goes in line with mine. But I guess the only thing I would add to that is it's quality over quantity, guys. That's it. If it's good, it's good. I loved Spider-Verse. I loved Guardians. Didn't like Flash. Didn't like Shazam. Yeah. And both of that's those great. movies tanked and both of the other movies did well. So that's just the way it is. Um, yeah. So to go in, do we yeah. want to go into our number four then? Yeah. Uh, you, you had you were leading us in, so you can lead us in there, Josh. Sure. Well, I was going to say, and I think uh, like kind of a unsung anti-hero to this is the streaming wars, which over the last four years have really become front and center in the movie and TV sphere, like that really was for a long time the only way you could watch stuff. And, you know, as cable kind of starts to wean out and theaters are coming back, but they're not quite there, the during COVID, streaming was king. And that was good for some stuff. And it was also very, very bad for some stuff as well, especially with the industry and the way that it's concerned. Because really, streaming is the new normal. Streaming is cable. Like yeah. streaming is what you go to do when you go to watch a movie. Like you know, in in uh, for general purposes, and that's it's hard to say whether or not that's a good thing because capitalism, I guess, like it's all about the money <laughs> in the end. But you know, um, like we're kind of conditioned for new content all the time, which yeah is a very very new development because these things take a long time to make like shows and movies like this stuff didn't used to like you know it wasn't as commonplace for this stuff to just drop out of nowhere um and it's very very strange where do you want to start with streaming because there's a lot of stuff that we can talk about here i think a good place to start is what you kind of said streaming i think for all intents and purposes is the new norm yeah you know, it has been for a while, but like, I, I think it's safe to say that 
a greater level of the population has some kind of streaming service. You know, I think I'm sure there are still people with cable. Of course. Um, but, you know, I mean, like the the go-to mentality is the streaming model versus, you know, like I would say so- the go-to is the streaming model. Most of the things that are made these days are made with the intention of either starting on streaming or like ending up on streaming, you know, like we don't hear conversations about HBO's linear programming anymore. Right. right. You know, um, yeah, which they still do, you know, um, but mm-hmm. like it's, it streaming is, is where we're at in terms of an industry and what's driving the industry. Right. That's, is that a fair place to start? hundred percent th- saying that this is the standard. Yes. Yes. You know, However many streaming platforms you have, that's the standard. That's the standard. I, for instance, have all of them. Um, <laughs> I know some people that have none of them. Yeah. Well, that defeats my whole point here. But like, I know people that have, you know, uh, just one or two or just Netflix or just Disney or, you know. Right. Um, well, and you can get by with just having Prime. Or just having yeah. Netflix, like you can feasibly Absolutely. do that if you're just a casual. Throw it on after work. Let's and watch Prime something. Video comes with an Amazon Prime, right? Like subscription. So like, that's, so you might you even know, have it and not know. You it. might not even, <laughs> yeah. You might not even be using Amazon Prime, but you have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where we'll start. Is streaming is a standard. Uh, big changes coming in streaming, though. Big big changes coming in streaming. So much in the same kind of way that we were talking about the superhero industry, the superhero industry, the superhero genre, I guess, industry. Ooh, I know, but that's uh. weirdly dark slip of the tongue. Um, (laughs) Merchandising. Uh, Oh, God. So much in the way that we started with, like, the history of of the superhero genre. um, Streaming. Since I want to say around like 2012 when Netflix started its uh, online streaming, you yep. know, they had their whole DVD thing, but like 2012, we'll say so a decade. Yeah. Um, it has been a wild decade in terms of just endless spending. Yeah. Um, I will say decade seems long. I, I feel like in the past five, six years, really. That's when they really started to, I mean, that's when streaming yeah. became viable. Yeah. Which means that Netflix had enough subscribers to subsidize all of this spending. <laughs> House of Cards, I think, is really the first like one that kind of turned a corner, and that was 2013, so like a yep. decade ago. Yeah. Um, but uh, nowadays, A, everyone has a streaming service. Yeah. Every, every studio company has a streaming service. Not every, oversimplification, but most. keeping it simple for the most part. The big shift that we're seeing is away from endless spending to try and get subscribers. Yeah. Because that was the thing. It was like spend money, spend money, spend money, get subscribers, get subscribers. Right. Content, get subscribers. And that's what we want. And right. that's what Wall Street honestly will reward. Right. Um, and in the past year or so, this has changed. Yeah. We've seen a lot of, lot of stuff shift away from that. Yeah, which could be due to many, many different things. And the funny part about this is one of the biggest reasons is because they've oversaturated 
and desensitized everyone because it's yeah. like, well, oh, it's on Hulu. It's not on Max. Oh, it's on Shutter. It's on Tubi. It's on Mubi. It's on, you know, who it's on Disney Plus. It's like, yeah, you physically can't like you say that you're subscribed to all of them. You are not subscribed to. All I am 100 percent not. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Like, you're subscribed to many of them, and even you are not subscribed to all of them. Like, it is literally, unless you are a multi multi millionaire and ha- and care about this, impossible to stay on top of all of this stuff. And so, what they've done is they've most people are like, well, I can pay for. They've they've gone from paying from to or paying for just Netflix to paying for Netflix, Prime, HBO Max, Peacock. And Hulu and like and Disney Plus and like that is that's a lot of fucking money and so a lot of people are yeah. like well let me cut this out let me cut this out and they're splitting their own audience up because of the amount of streamers and thus they yeah. can't spend the amount of money and with uh, regard to what you were saying before with Netflix they had no competition it was let's just spend money and if the show is a dud it doesn't matter because yeah. we'll get eventually we'll get a stranger things or a orange is the new black and everything no one will yeah. remember the 20 the 50 shows that didn't do anything and now they they don't they're losing well they're they're gaining money now but they were losing money at a certain yeah. point <laughs> i mean that's the big thing is last year netflix showed a negative growth for the first time ever, um, which I think kind of acted as a wake up call for everyone mm-hmm. um, and kind of changed the trajectory. Yeah. A lot. And that's, I think, bringing it down. The big thing that we're looking at in terms of streaming right now is everything is kind of streaming based. Mm-hmm. Again, oversimplification, but everything is kind of streaming based and those streamers aren't doing what they used to. So we're witnessing a change in the status quo in terms of streaming production. Yes. Because it's not just like, yeah, we'll make eight episodes of this. And honestly, we're kind of shifting back to more traditional kind of like business plans in that like, yeah. All of these different streamers, for the most part, I think there's a couple out there, but have ad-supported tiers now. Which they didn't even a year ago. Yeah. which And like Netflix has one, which they were adamantly against it for the longest time. So like, and running ads is a much more stable business than like endlessly spend money to draw people in with content so you get their subscription fee. Right. That's unstable. Unstable, like you can make that argument as long as people are still coming. But as soon as that stagnates, everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And that's where we're at, I think. Right. Right. And um, another important thing is like we're seeing a lot of these smaller streamers like Cesar's Paramount Plus Discovery Mm -hmm. being merged into a bigger one. And no doubt Netflix may pick up a property here and there. But, you know, MGM and Amazon and, and Discovery and HBO stars and Paramount like they're merging because they're like, ooh, we can't really sustain on our own. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's not enough people here that want star- just stars programming. Um, and so we're kind of going back to these conglomerate conglomerations of like, 
okay yeah here we go yeah and it's just like very very interesting the way that these things are kind of shifting back towards bigger packages of content yeah and that's the kind of the thing is like you know you get a lot of comparisons of we're going back to cable which is like yes and no i think it's a variation on that it is like here's a big group of content for you um but it is still streaming it is still like a very different beast um but yeah, I mean, there are a greater number of things than ever before that are made specifically to be viewed on a streaming platform. Yeah. Um, and I think it's arguable that we've hit the peak of the number of things, but you know, we're, uh, we're here. This is. I mean, back what we were saying at the top here, this is the status quo is like things are for the most part made for streaming these days. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's kind of like our main point is like streaming is, is the most popular form of consuming media that just full stop, um, which could lead us into directly into our next point. Yeah. Well, all right. So let's, do you want to bring it down to one line or was that your one line there? I think that is my one line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which I agree with. I mean, I think I said mine too is just like streaming is the status quo yeah. and streaming is the status quo and the age of a thousand new shows and a thousand new movies from all of these different streaming platforms has come to an end and mm-hmm. we're moving on to something new. Yes. <laughs> Due to our next point, which is yeah, the deep oversaturation of all of these things, movies and TV shows. Because um, yes, you know, obviously this episode is not for our week to week listeners, but we talk all the time. Oh wow, I didn't know Alice and Janney was in this Netflix movie. Oh my God, Ray Liotta's yep. in this film. Like there, Lou, are, Lou is your go to reference right now. That's the only thing that <laughs> that was the first thing that popped into my mind was Lou. Like literally. But, like, those are the things that, like, I didn't know that was coming. And it came and it went and nobody talked about it. And it's like, there is no fanfare. There is no celebration. There is no uniform conversation about anything anymore because there's too much. And I never thought I'd get to the point where I'm saying we have too many shows. We have too much, too many movies. But, like, for me, movies and TV shows were kind of like a way to bring people together. And talk about yeah. stuff and, and exchange ideas and have conversation. And, and now easy, it, it was a, a shared experience that yeah. could make it easier to bond with another person. Yeah. Exactly. What whoever that was, you know, when Breaking Bad Water was on talk. the air. Yeah. Exactly. No it, you couldn't go anywhere without talking one about of, Breaking Bad. One of the first conversations I had with my wife when we were first met was about Breaking Bad because she used to go watch Breaking Bad at a bar yeah. called Professor Tom's. Shout out. Uh love it. That was like a bar that I also went to and I had gone to to watch Lost and like be part of the the community and things like that. Oh, I actually love that. That's so great. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> but something that is impossible in 2023 because everyone you talk to is watching 10 different shows that you've never heard yeah. of. And while that's amazing, it's also like, how can anything be popular these days? Yeah. Like seriously, unless it's a cultural moment. <laughs> I mean, I you anyone you talk to has a list of easily ten shows that they want to watch. Yeah. 
you know, and it's gotten to the point where I feel guilty being like, well, but like, you got to watch this. It's so good because, because, and this can tie back into the streaming thing is because there was an endless stream of money, you know, pouring into this kind of stuff. There's a lot of really quality stuff out there. Yes. My go-to reference is Better Call Saul. I've watched the first two seasons of Better Call Saul and then like didn't pick it back up. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I want to so desperately, but yeah. there, I think, are four seasons of Better Call Saul for me to watch now. Yeah. That I'm just like, there is no point where I can, like, commit to four seasons of an hour-long TV show because, you know, The Bear is back or, like, any number of other Got, shows that, like, Barry, I'm watching yeah. Secret Invasion. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, um, what was the other one I was just about? Futurama's back. Like, like yeah. you know, any number of things um, that's just like, there's so much that I just, I, I, I will never catch up. I will endlessly be trying to catch up. Exactly. Um, which is one of the things I, I think I've said before on this podcast is if no new content ever came out again, I would still reach the end of my life and have plenty to watch. Exactly. I'd be good. We, we still can watch stuff every single day for um, the rest of our lives. I do. I actually have numbers for this one, too. Uh, I was looking up the, the number of TV shows. So to go back, I guess this is like a theme we're doing here, but yeah. to go back like a decade. Yeah. Um, there were 288 TV shows made in 2012 okay in 2022 last year it was 599 so like double yeah and like 288 tv shows is a monster number it's so many and to double that is absolutely insane and like like that's in one year 599 Mm -hmm. you know so like that doesn't include any of the stuff that you haven't watched from 2021 yet you know, it's just yeah. like endless and and like 2023, I'm sure. Well, and that's to bring us from a decade to now, <laughs> to now. Like that's kind of a turning point that we're at in that. I think that number next or this year in 2023 yeah. is going to go down. Right. I think we've hit the peak of that. Right. And I think it's just like to, to go back. I think it's just streaming fatigue. Boom. Our previous two points. Streaming fatigue. Yes. Of oversaturation. Like, there's too much. It's There's too much. There's just too much. And again, I never thought I would complain about having too much to watch. But when you're getting down to it, and I've already told myself that I'm never actually going to watch Euphoria now. And, and I don't know if I'm yeah. ever going to get to Barry or the rest of Succession because, well, guess what? There's 12 more shows that I've been told I need to watch right now. And in between that, there's a bunch of shows that I just want to watch because they're easy to watch. And I don't yeah. have time to just sit there and be, you know, depressed by Succession every hour. It's just like... <laughs> yeah. Like, there used to be a separation between what we now know as prestige TV and just average casual sit down and throw it on after work TV. Yeah. And now, like, that stuff is becoming so few and far between and everything is trying to be the next Sam Levinson or Taylor Sheridan, like, huge show that we're losing the middle and low ground. Like there is no middle tier. Like yeah. if it is, it's, it's like interesting. platonic on Apple TV and nobody watched it. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting actually because I feel like and I'm speaking, I'm speculating here, but I feel like a lot of people have the same go-to like I just want to put something on shows. Yeah. 
I think everyone talks about Parks and Rec. Everyone talks about The Office or Friends, Friends or Seinfeld or um, New Girl, Shit's Creek or New Girl. Mine or is any Psych of those. right now. Like <laughs> Psych, yeah. It's like here's this thing, and none of those are from the past decade. No, you know, a few of them like lingered into that kind of era, but like. You know, it's these things that you can, and those are the things that you can have endless conversations with people about. Yes. You know, <laughs> but you get into this modern era and it's like, I mean, I feel bad. I did it to you the other day. I was like, dude, you got to watch the bear. I know. I know. <laughs> you know, and like, I, there's a level to which I feel guilty doing that because it's like, hey, this thing that I got to on my list of a thousand <laughs> things to watch you need to now move on your list of a thousand things to watch. Right, shift it all down and put the you bear know, up front. <laughs> which is insane. And it's like, it's interesting because you get these people that go to bat for these certain things and like you trust their opinion on this stuff. Right. But like. But what do you do? But like, I, like I, I bring, I think of my wife watching Yellow Jackets. Yeah. Like she was like, you got to watch this. And it's like, okay. And I watched the first season with her because she was like, sit down, we're watching Yellow Jackets right yeah. now. And I'm like, you've already seen it. How are you rewatching this show right now? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we watched the first season and then the second season came back and like, I watched a few and I was like, this is just like, not, I'm not really into this. Yeah. And if you're going to have an hour period every week where you sit down and watch Yellow Jackets, I can put a different show into that hour for me. Right that I'm more interested in watching than, right. than this. So right. it's like, even like within something, like I sit on the couch and watch TV with my wife endlessly. Yeah. We just watched, is it cake too? We binge the whole fucking thing, like in like two minutes, you know? Um, <laughs> but like, there's just so much that it becomes like a question of like, am I willing to like put in the time right. for this? You know? Yeah. Supply and demand over, oversupplied. I don't know how that would go. Too much demand, not enough supply in terms of time. But the That's opposite in the other direction. Too much yeah, supply yeah. and not enough Too demand. Too much <laughs> supply and not enough demand because there's not enough time to watch all of it. Yes, yet. yes. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a really interesting time. And, and weirdly enough, all these streamers are like devaluing their own pro products. And I don't want to call them products because they're not to me, but like they are. When you say like, you know, me and your wife watched From... Nobody yeah. else I even heard of has even heard of that fucking show. And like, that's a problem. Like, that's mm -hmm. a big issue where it's like, well, this show would have been huge 10 years. Well, I'd yeah. say 15 years ago where everyone's talking about it. And it's now it's like, well, you have to go and search and find the people who actually have seen the shows that you have seen. Yeah. And it's it's taking the value out of why you want to watch them and turning it into something that you can just turn on and just like, okay, I'm going to watch this, but it's not a, it's not a moment. It's just, let me turn it on yeah. to turn it on. That's, that's the thing really is I feel like the moment is gone. Yeah. And there's like a few things to blame for that. Saturation is one. There's also the question of like when you can watch it, like people binging versus the weekly model and things like that. Totally. Um, which is, I suppose something we should have talked about in the streaming section, but We'll, we'll keep it simple but yeah 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 like just it becomes a question of like if you have that moment it's not necessarily the same moment for everyone else right it's not necessarily the same moment for a bunch of other people right you know the like the last thing i can think that really feels like a universal 
impact is Kate Bush's running up that hill from Stranger Things, like getting famous for being on Stranger Things. Yeah, like that felt like a very like here's everyone experiencing this moment at the same time, and like and then a month later, even that was probably o- like over a course of a month, and then a month later, yeah, it was gone, and like yeah. I have that song on a bunch of playlists now, but like <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, but like that was also two years ago. It's two years ago, and like in that same vein, you know, it might have been last year. Well, that's the thing. Like, you don't even know. You can't even say, like, oh, Breaking Bad season five or four came out this year. It's like Squid Game. I think it was two years ago. It could have been last year. I don't really know, but that's another, like, massive cultural moment that was gone in a flash that, like, everyone was talking about. And then do people even care anymore? And it's like, there is no longevity for anything anymore. Like, it's all just over and you're waiting for the next thing whether consciously or subconsciously. And that can even tie back to like what we were saying earlier with the hype kind of diminishing is Mm -hmm. like, you know, Squid Game was crazy and I'm super excited. Like I loved Squid Game. It was a great show. And Squid Game season two I know is coming, Mm -hmm. but like I don't know when and it's just going to show up and it's going to, like we were saying at the top, like it's going to come and be like, oh, that's here now? Okay. yeah, Wow, crazy. Like, there are a number of things every week that, like, you say at the what's coming out this week that I'm like, holy shit, that's this week? Like, oh my god. <laughs> um, because it just keep it, it just keeps coming at you. Right. And, you know, you can only keep track of so many things. Yeah. So. So, I guess the big takeaways from this are... I mean, it's it's built into our the name there. It's there's too much. There's oversaturation. Too much to watch and not enough time. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, that's a problem because this is a community thing. Even though it can be an individual thing, it makes yeah. it great by talking to people about these things. Yeah. And you can't do it if no one sees it. Being able to talk about Lost or being able to talk about Breaking Bad or being able to talk about, I'll even go back to like Orange is the New Black. That that had a cultural impact kind of thing. But like, you know, if you find someone that's like watching the same thing you are, that's awesome. But like, again, it's one of those things that like, that's a pairing that you get with one or two people maybe. Mm -hmm. And then it's over and it's gone. Mm-hmm. And then it's like they go on to the next thing on their list and you go on to the next thing on their list, right. on your list. Never to be thought of again. Yeah. Yeah. Oversaturation. There's too much and we can't watch it all. We can't. And that's the problem. We can't yes. fucking watch it all. This one, however, does seem to have a silver lining in that like in that the streamers are kind of backing down. Yeah. You know, in terms of their production stuff, like it might we could be going in a direction of I can keep track of the big important shows now right we'll get back to that only seven on at one time versus 40 yeah 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 Yeah. and weirdly in terms of both movies and tv our next topic i think has something to do with all of it combined um and weirdly enough has something to do with internet culture and social media and all of that stuff and that is the uptick in casual film criticism because i'm not talking about your roger eberts of the world rip i'm talking about the you know the keyboard warrior film critics or even some of the people who have eighty thousand followers on twitter who are quote-unquote film critics who give their opinions on stuff letterboxd users whoever 
it is very easy to put your opinion out on the internet these days yes. and get tons of positive reinforcement as well as negative, but people tune the negative out and just go with like, these people think I'm right. And with movies and TV shows, my my thinking and feeling has always been it's subjective. You can't have a right opinion yeah. because it's an opinion. And right now, there has been this I don't know what's happened. It's become binary. It's become this is good, this is bad. If you hate this, you're an idiot. If you love this, you know, you're also an idiot. And it is that's something that is so detrimental to art in general, but definitely film and TV because yeah. every single person, whoever it is, sees every single thing differently than the next person in line. Like yeah. you might think that you're seeing something similarly. You don't. You have your own experience and you know how you feel about this. And you bring and your own baggage to everything. Exactly. And I feel like this kind of rush to get to the keyboard to say, oh no, no, Barbie is shit. Oppenheimer's awful if you like this. It mm -hmm. has it's taking or it is making such a like negative impact, having such a negative impact on movies and TV because people think they have their minds made up long before the movie releases even. And we can get to yeah. that in a second, but I love criticism, but it has to be constructive. Like you, like well, I just, <laughs> and the thing that's worth noting here too, is people are hungrier for opinions on things. Yes. Because everything's oversaturated it becomes much more important to say, all right, is this going to be worth my time? So like people, I yes, think more point. inherently are ser searching out like film criticism and things like that. Yes. And I mean, you kind of touched on it, like the, the general like, like existence of the internet is binary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it in one, itself baby. just like pushes everyone to extremes and it's like, you know, a real problem in the whole world. But like a real problem in film, too, because like, yeah, the louder voices are going to be heard better mm -hmm. and the louder voices are going to shout more extreme things to be louder. Right. Does that make sense? So it's like totally, you know, the, the, the criticism thing and like the idea of opinions as criticism or as like a film review you know yeah, it's like fact is is fact yeah opinions is fact that's really what we're pointing at and again like a bigger problem as as a whole but sure. like, you know when you say you know oppenheimer is shit or barbie is you know crap like you know oppenheimer too long zero stars like right. couldn't get through it like that's your opinion and you're welcome to that but sure. like Getting on Twitter and like getting tweeting out to your 80,000 followers that like this is garbage, not worth it. You know, what are we what are we doing? Right. Um, and I do I say this fully aware that like we host a like pretty much movie review podcast. But like, of I course. think we're always we always try and be a little balanced of like, I really like this. I don't know if it's everyone, but like, right. In my you know, opinion. Yes, we say yeah. that. <laughs> and that's the kind of thing that we're missing is like not we're missing that like a lot of opinion on the internet is missing is like, I understand that like this might not be for me. Right. Um, but it might be for someone I think of, I can't believe I'm bringing this up, but I think of the animated movie luck, which is like 
you know, about, about a black cat and the world of luck. And this girl gets sucked into the world of luck. And for me, I was like, that movie was like, not good, but I am, you know, a 37 year old white male. (laughs) If you are, you know, a six year old girl, that might be the, a six-year-old girl with a black cat like that might be the best thing ever best movie you've ever seen yeah you know five stars like and that's the kind of thing that that is just like i'm not sitting here saying that little girl is a moron that movie sucks right you know and that's an extreme example yeah you're a bad person for liking that movie you're promoting (laughs) the degradation of the film industry by liking this movie you know (laughs) like that's the kind that's the thing and it is kind of sad that like I feel like a lot of real film critics who have structured and informed opinions and are basing their reviews on like how movies are done and how movies have performed in the past and how this stacks up about against different things and like where it's successful, where it's falls short. Like those kinds of reviews are few and fall far between. Um, God bless every single reviewer that's out there doing that kind of stuff. But like the number of things I see and like the number of things I see that are like flash is the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah. With no, with nothing else there. Okay. Full stop. It's just like, it's just like not healthy for the film industry. Yes. Yes. Um, Because it muddles the conversation of, wow, what should be made? Like, where is public opinion going? And like, you know, what, uh, What's going to do well? Yes. And I think a big, massive problem with this is the ridiculous weight that people and people just being general audiences place on sites like Rotten Tomatoes or even IMDb mm-hmm. with being like, well, this means this. Oh, they have a critic's review. And, you know, we could even talk about this past year both Elemental and Indiana Jones' Dial of Destiny premiered at Cannes. And both of them had like, 30% critic scores because the people mm-hmm. they put it in front of was the can jury. Like, yeah, they just yeah. saw Oppenheimer and now you're throwing Dial of Destiny in front of them. Like, that's a completely different thing. And, yeah. but those reviews, and like, this is, you know, something that's been happening, you know, it happens all the time, but putting 30% Dial of Destiny out four days prior to release is like, what's the, why? Like, what's the, th- thinking behind that like everyone loses if a movie tanks like it's not a yeah. win scenario for anyone if the flash does poorly like it's you're not saying, a good thing you're saying four days before dial of destiny being a short period of time for reviews uh prior like i say don't yeah. put your fucking review out before the movie is released ah uh, ah uh, yes why why not mean. let people go make their own decisions about it because you could yeah. say this movie is garbage and completely dissuade someone from going to see it who might love this movie and they're not True. wrong for loving it. And I'm just like, well, and that's <laughs> like, I, I, I will push back a little bit there. Okay, and yeah, that, yeah. like, there is a level to which like, because it's oversaturated, people need that guidance. People yeah. need to be able to say like, like is dial of destiny, like a one star movie that I'm, am I going to like, you know, do everything that's involved with going to the theater to see the True. movie. True. You know, there, there's some, there's a level to which like that guidance is needed, but I think what you're sort of pushing at and what I agree with is that like to give a review that's so totalitarian to just say like 
garbage, zero stars, like don't even bother mm-hmm. is a disservice to people with different points of view than the reviewer. Right. So like, like, and that again, kind of goes back not to like pat ourselves on the back, but like, we're always very much like, you know, I, not for me, but like, yeah, it could be great. You know right. what I mean? Like if you are a diehard Indiana Jones fan, rock and roll, man, go like go it. for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you love Harrison Ford, like, go for it like but go see harrison ford play his favorite character yes you know but like if i'm just like god you know tired ip like i don't know why they keep making these this is just a money grab by i don't even know disney it must have been yeah 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 because it was fun yeah just a money grab by disney to like make another thing that they can put on their shirt like it it just like builds a whole negative thing around it that is just like like we were saying, a disservice to everyone involved. Right. And we can leave it at this after, uh, or I guess we can leave it on this. Uh, I want to shout out Joanna Robinson, who is a staff writer and podcaster for The Ringer, who made a tweet the other day that said, um, like, film criticism is necessary, but in the day and age where people, like, were oversaturated with that, you got to find the critics that you trust. Like, find those yeah. critics and... If you want to, listen to them. And if they say don't see a movie, it's on you to make an educated kind of assessment on if you believe them or not or if you want to go to it. But it's like, find those people. Find the people that not only you agree with, but you your tastes align. Because then maybe you'll yeah. get some kind of a indicator as if you might like it. But I still say, like, if it's interesting to you, just check it out. Check it out. Yeah. If you've got the money and the time, check it out. I will say, and I'm I'm going to put this out into the universe now, but like I think that's going to be a big thing that we see in the coming decade is yeah. curation. Yeah. I think we're going to start seeing a lot of people being like, "Here's what you should see." Yeah, you know what I mean. Here's of all the noise, this is my taste. You can trust my taste because, like, we know that my taste is similar to your taste, right? Like here's what I'm recommending. You can trust that. Whereas you get things like Rotten Tomatoes, like we were talking about, that is just an aggregate of everything. Right. That like, you know, if you get enough entries into that, everything is going to be 50%. Right. Like that's how math works. Like, you know what I mean? Like a big enough sample size and everything's going to zero out to 50%. Yes. Yes zero out to 50 everything's gonna Gonna land land in the middle like that's just like you know if you have ten thousand reviews on something there's gonna be ones there's gonna be tens there's gonna be yeah everything in between and we're gonna the average will be right in the middle there you go um hashtag math podcast (laughs) so to bring that down i will say my final thought on on film criticism stuff is yeah like there's so much it needs to be something that you trust. I, I buy that 100%. Yeah. 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 And make your own distinctions, you know. Qualifier. Okay. Uh, <laughs> find someone you trust and listen to them and like be willing to use them as direction. But because someone's taste is different from your own does not make something inherently bad. Yes. That's like the thing. It's like. Yes. It you, comes down to. It's all taste. You're your own person. It's all taste. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Don't let people tell you what to do. 
full stop right there. There you um, go. Live your life. Yes. And honestly, that brings <laughs> us to our first point, which is don't let people tell you what to do or, or Number how, one. how much money yeah. you should make. And that is the current WGA and uh, SAG strikes that are currently going right now yes. in Hollywood. Um, and a whole bunch of other labor unions are about to strike, which I'm like, good on you, yeah. all of you. If you can do it's it. It's a whole big thing. It's a whole thing. But um, So we've covered we've covered the SAG-AFTRA and the WGA strikes pretty thoroughly yes um but like it's coming down to kind of addressing slash like nudging all of the things that we've talked about yes you know what i mean like the the sag wga strikes like the oversaturation of everything is a big thing to do with that of like there's so much being made yeah you know and people want to keep making and they want to like you know be compensated for all of the stuff that is just being made and being made right um like you know the same with like streaming i mean streaming is the big sticking point for most of these is like right you know they want to be compensated for how the streaming industry works as opposed to like how network television worked a decade ago right You know, and like, I mean, you know, superhero IP fatigue, like, like it all kind of just flows into this thing of the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes are the result of all of these changes that we're talking about. Yes. Of all of these shifts. Like, this is what's coming together to, to form the situations that are calling for strikes. Right. It's a, it's, and it's, um, like, if we haven't made it clear this industry is through and through unsustainable as it stands right now. There is nothing yes. that can be done that at the clip that things are being produced, at the rates that people are getting paid, that this can continue on going. And this literally is the tipping point, which is why these strikes are happening, yeah. where it became like, it's you know it's a little bit about AI and it's a little bit about residuals, but it's really about all of it. It's about that, that none of this can work in harmony anymore not that it ever really did but like this happens every i don't know probably every 40 years or so where there's major shifts in the industry where there needs to be some kind of a contract renegotiation that's huge and not quite what the studios want to see because it means less money for them less being barely less money but still (laughs) money is money to these people um and like you said everything we just talked about led to this like straight up. <laughs> I, I like to look at it this way. I like to think, and I I feel like this is trying to be a little more of a positive spin, but I like to think that we've reached like a nexus point. Yeah. And I think the SAG and the WGA strikes have pushed us into this nexus point because if those two unions didn't go on strike, I think the status quo could have limped on for another few years couple years yeah. you know i think like you know netflix and their streaming thing and like all the different platforms would kind of find a, a weird balance and like kind of continue on and like keep making a bunch of shit and you know keep making all kinds of stuff but like the sag and wga strikes have pushed us into this space where it's like this isn't going to work anymore 
and something's going to have to change and it could be for the better. It could be for the worst, you know, but we're at a pivot point. This yeah. is uh, the industry is not moving forward in a straight line. Things have to shift. Right. Um, and like you, you mentioned like that happens every couple decades or so. Yeah. You know, I would like you talk about, you know, the fall of the golden age of television and the studio systems there and like the rise of independent cinema. And like, I mean, you can go back to like, you know, the invention of talkies, like, yes. And the introduction of sound or color, color, or yeah, things like that, like that are just pivot points. And I think we're in one of those. Very which is a so. weird thing to be like, oh my, like We're one the of middle. these is happening in my lifetime. Like, but like, that's literally like a huge shift that's happening right now. And like, I think the past decade, I think in 60 years, mm -hmm. you know, when historians are looking back at this time in the film industry, yeah, there'll be the ramp up of the 2010s, which we've been saying through this whole episode of here's all of this stuff that's been going on that is changing and then in the early 2020s there was a fundamental shift and we came into a new era right it's a it's that's how i try and look at it i'm yes. trying to put like a <laughs> like we will get out of this <laughs> doom thing here yeah like yes. <laughs> and i think i said i don't know if i said this on the pod or not but like we're never gonna stop making things no no you know like it's we're not it's in our nature. There will people. always be stuff. Yeah. yeah. And to be entertained, which is part of the same thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it'll shift, but like, it'll be really interesting to see what's, what we're looking at in like 2030. Oh, dude. I can't even guess. Yeah. Which is the first time. I mean, Marvel is, that. Marvel is slated out through there. I know. Like, I know. You we'll know. get Avatar uh, 3, Avengers, yeah, King Dynasty. Go. Yeah. <laughs> We'll still be uh, talking about this shit. Um, but who knows? I mean, we could be in a place where it's like, yeah, those movies never get here. Right. Right. You know, like studios stop being able to make things and like the $500 million movies that they want to make. Gone. No, you get $10 million. Go right, for it. Right. Which is another yeah. thing with these studios. It's like the one, the, the productions that are not in danger are the indies because not only yep. are like oh, some of those, you know, productions not, hiring union people but also as long as you agree to the terms your production can continue on hey which a24, a24. blanket statement they're like we're good every a24 production agrees to all of your terms we're good and it's just like and they're getting made right now they're and they're gonna made. run the gamut in like eight yeah. months when the big major studios don't have anything to put out because they haven't been producing anything yeah it's gonna be you know plan b and a24 but there you go. I mean, that's the kind of thing we're talking about. Like, that's a similar kind of thing to the fall of, like, right? You know, the golden age of Hollywood studios. But yeah, yes, uh, it's cyclical like that. Yeah, time <laughs> is a flat circle. Yes. Um. So that's what we've got. Yes. So let's run through. I hope we kept that simple. Yeah, I think we. I did. don't think we were getting into anything too crazy. No. It. We had a, a sim we, there were a couple times where I was like, this is a similar cadence to a regular episode. So I'm yeah, like, I, I hope, gotta... I hope, but let's, um, let's run over him one more time. Yes. And he, I, I guess we didn't write down what we were saying as our like one simple lines here. No, but um, I think we can maybe gather, but something. we can try and do it another similar kind of thing. Um, yeah. 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 So 
To recap, if you know nothing about the industry, here are five things that are going on in the 2023 film industry that you should know that about. you need to know about. Yeah. Yes. Uh, number five. And again, these are not in any particular order, but number five, uh, superheroes and IP are tired. There's fatigue around that kind of content. Yes. Because there's a lot of it and it's not very good. A lot of it's bad. <laughs> yeah. It's the quality over quantity argument since the beginning of time yep yep uh we slipped into the into the bad quality area yes um (laughs) number four streaming streaming is how we watch what it is yeah that's how we watch stuff now theaters are not dead cable is not dead but i would argue a majority of content is consumed via streaming platform agreed Full stop. Full stop. Um, And the streamers as a business are not so stable and things are changing there. Yes. Number three. Do you want to take number three? Sure. I can take number three. Uh, Number three. uh, Oversaturation of everything to do with streaming. Movies, TV. There's... literally too much to watch and that's a fucking problem (laughs) 599 shows made last year yes shows not movies tv shows folks and 449 movies released last year right i have that number too which is actually down from 2019 but which is down from yeah which shows it's like you can name seven (laughs) and 600 released that's a fucking problem yeah uh, so that is number three. Number two, uh, film criticism. You need to make your own decisions, but you also need to find the people that have similar viewpoints to you because there's too many opinions on the internet these days, and not all of them are ones that you should be listening to. That's true. I feel like that is the one that's like, if you take away one thing, yeah, that's the important one to to be aware of. And that's something you can... Apply to your whole life, not just films. So, <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> you know, it's true. Um, uh, and number one, the WGA and SAG-AFTRA are currently on strike for nothing but good reasons, and yes, they deserve all your support. And it's all due to industry greed, as it always is. But also, like you said, the times are changing, and this yes. is just part of the process of the evolution of a literal industry. Yes, we are on the move. Yes. Um, so those are so five there things. Go. There are way more, but those are five things you should definitely know if you are coming into the film industry wondering about what's going on. Yes. That gives you a primer as to what's happening. Um, but it's complicated. <laughs> it's very complex. It is. <laughs> it is. All of those topics are hopelessly intertwined yes. with 35 other topics and subgenres genres subtopics yeah uh involved that add and remove from all of that you know Mm -hmm. um but there you go there you go i hope that was simple (laughs) i hope so too if it wasn't i don't you know how much simpler Uh, can you make it i don't know hey you know reach out to us send us send us a dm we will uh we will gladly talk your ear off and if if you know if you have a comment about it like bring bring it 
to our attention yes. and we'll talk about it here on the pod because yes you know our never-ending goal is to understand what's going on better right um and help you understand what's going on and help uh i don't know just yeah keep track of the movie industry that's why we do this pod it literally is it helps us it helps you it helps everyone yes um but that'll do it, guys, for this Megapixels episode. Thank you for sticking with us. We know it was a little bit of a long one, but again, it's important, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, shall we slide into our recommendations here? Sure. So, you know, Barbie and Oppenheimer, uh, bleh, Barbie <laughs> and Oppenheimer both released last weekend. No big deal or anything like that. Not like both of them are, are blowing the box office away or anything. Uh, so this week, we decided to give you one Nolan film to watch and one Gerwig film to watch. Um, I will be giving you the Greta Gerwig film. Willis will be giving you the Christopher Nolan film. Yes. I'm very curious to see what you choose for Nolan. You could choose like any of them, but... <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I mean, there's what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Yeah. And you could feasibly um, recommend any of them. Um, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, none of them, I think, are bad no definitely not there are stronger and weaker ones as there is with any director but um he's a and i don't think i've ever seen insomnia i don't know that i have either that's the which only which is one, like though. a weird just like glaring like omission yeah. in his filmography that <laughs> i'm like seen, oh fuck okay we've even seen following which i think is his first movie but yeah um, um would you like to go first or would you like me to sure i can go first um well, no, you go first because you saw Barbie first. I I did see Barbie first, so we'll do Gerwig first. Okay, fantastic. Yes. Um, You've dictated this. So. <laughs> it's true. I am going to recommend Little Women because um, yes. we watched it just recently. I own this movie. Um, it is one of the best movies of 2019. Uh, it is a film from 2019, which was talking about oversaturation was oversaturated with phenomenal movies to watch. Like it's one of the strongest film years in recent memory. And for some reason, little women, which is highly regarded by everyone just doesn't get spoken about a lot. Um, written and directed by Greta Gerwig is it adapted from uh, the just like, I think legendary novel, little women, which has been remade a couple times. Uh, this stars Saoirse Ronan, Florence Pugh, Emma Watson, Eliza Scanlon, uh, Timothy Chalamet, Meryl Streep, Bob Odenkirk. I mean, the list, again, like Greta can can accumulate a cast like no one's yep. business um, and is just a beautiful and touching tale of the March sisters as they go through their lives. It's mostly centering on Saoirse's character, um, but it is just like all of Gerwig's films. It is deeply personal incredibly moving like ridiculously touching but also highly watchable like period pieces they don't always grab me but she yeah. has made a film that is not just watchable but rewatch i've watched this movie like three or four times since 2019 like it is yeah. rewatchable to that level because the dialogue is snappy all the performances are amazing the story is you know while a simple it still is like leaves you not just wondering, yeah. but like guessing like, okay, what's going to happen next? Is this person going to end up with this person? And then subverts all your expectations time and time again. Um, 
this is the movie that really solidified like Gerwig as like that person. Like you yep. can't make a bad movie. You know, you've done two as, different as movies. a top tier filmmaker. Yeah. Yes. And Barbie is just an extension of that. But yeah, I mean, watch little women. It's on stars right now to stream. You could also rent it or buy it on Apple or prime. It's totally, totally it, worth it. <laughs> it's, it's also worth noting that like her other like, film is ladybird yes which is just which is a powerhouse in of it like, yeah <laughs> so good she's on a she's on a uh yeah she hasn't she yeah. has not missed yet so check out little women five star movie love it there you go rock and roll um so it falls to me to give a christopher nolan movie mm, um which one though it's so odd because it's like they're they're all they're all bangers, but I'm going to go ahead and recommend 2006's The Prestige. Yes! Um, yes! Because The Prestige is an incredible movie that I think, A, often gets overlooked. Yes. Because it's up against, you know, like Inception and Interstellar and the Batman trilogy and all that kind of stuff. But B, like, I think is probably the best indicate like indicator of... um christopher nolan finding his voice yeah because there is the intrigue in this there is the like twists on things there is you know the 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 depth and the mystery and all that kind of stuff um that just kind of like from this movie on became what he does better than anybody else yeah reality like <laughs> and it became a thing like you can say what you want about memento you know is in terms of complexity and things like this but like this was him kind of landing in a prime spot so the prestige incredible yes. phenomenal and it was also like a bigger world building kind of a film it really like memento i mean he's always concerned with reality and bending expectation and perception and i mean oppenheimer is an extension of this and um and yeah, The Prestige is probably his most underrated film, and everyone should watch it. Phenomenal yeah. bail. Like, really, really just like Absolutely. Hugh Jackman. Like, and Hugh Jackman, too. And so Scarlett good. Johansson and Michael Caine. Like, just, just incredible across the board. Yeah. Nolan does it again. Um, yeah. But there you have it. Little Women and The Prestige might be a good double might feature. Might be a decent, decent double feature. It's interesting. That's an interesting one. Um, but there you have it, guys. That's your episode for today. Uh, I hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoyed it and you got something out of it. Yes. It wasn't super confusing. Um, but we have been planning this one for a while, so we hope you enjoy it. We have been. Um, but yeah, Willis, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, well, just if you want to start with me, you can uh, <laughs> find me on the internet on Instagram, on threads, and on Letterboxd at Willis Film. And, and Josh, where can people find you? People can find me. Sorry, guys, we're doing this out of order, so it's like throwing us both off. But yeah, you can find me on uh, threads. Not really. Screw threads. You can find me on Letterboxd and Instagram at Josh J. Fuller. And you can also find Legit. the pod if you're looking for us on threads, I guess, Letterboxd and tw and not Twitter, but Instagram at Pixel Splitters, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Because yep. I was like, at Pixel Splitters, <laughs> Instagram, threads, and Letterboxd, Letterboxd where you, you find all find... of our recommendations. Yes. Including. Little Women and the Prestige. Yes. If you need a if you need a different Barbenheimer, right? Uh, Double feature. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, there we go, guys. What an episode. Do it. It's hot, so we're gonna leave it on that. Um, yes. 
Happy July. Yes. Go see Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yes. And Mission Impossible. And talk to me and this weekend. And everything. See it all, guys. There's lots of all. good stuff to see. Um, and with that, uh, end of pod. Bye.